DiscerningHearts.com presents Inside the Pages, insights from today's most compelling authors. I'm your host, Chris McGregor, and I'm delighted to be joined by Father George Montague, who is a Marianist priest known internationally for his numerous books on scripture and spirituality, including the best-selling Holy Spirit, Make Your Home in Me. He is a former president of the Catholic Biblical Association of America and has served as editor of the Catholic Biblical Quarterly. A popular speaker, he's been involved in the Catholic Charismatic Renewal since 1970 and is professor of biblical theology at St. Mary's University in San Antonio, Texas. With Father George Montague, we go inside the pages of Living in the Father's Embrace, Experiencing the Love at the Heart of the Trinity, published by Word Among Us Press. Father, thank you so much for joining me. It's my pleasure. Thank you. I love living in the Father's embrace, experiencing the love of at the heart of the Trinity. Such an important book, Father. Thank you so much for writing it. Well, I, I believe the Lord really wanted me to, to write it, and uh, uh, I, I really wanted to because of my experience, my pastoral experience with so many people who uh, have to deal with their own father wound, and and even people who um, have had a wonderful experience with their father. How do you make the transition now to God the Father? That's that's the question I ad- that I address. Why do you suppose there is such a distance for so many of us? Well, it's original sin, basically, mm-hmm. and um, you know. It's, it's just so so common that uh, our relationship with our Father... Now, there, now, there's certainly tremendous exceptions. Of course, there's St. Joseph, <laughs> mm-hmm. and Jesus called... Uh, the first one that he called Abba was not God, but Joseph. <laughs> and, and that, so that was a wonderful relationship that he had with... Uh, and so when it came to naming Jesus' own personal experience of the Father, he used the same word that he had for uh, St. Joseph. But I would say that, and certainly in my pastoral experience, um, uh, the majority of people have some kind of a problem, usually, with their father. Now, some of them have uh, problems with their mother as well, of course, but uh, it's more often with the uh, more often with the father because the father is more capable, I think, of even physical abuse than, than mothers are and so on, okay? Well, I, you're such the consummate teacher, I mean, and your writing style is so wonderful that in each chapter of the book, you kind of help peel back layer upon layer, not only in, in teaching what the Church has taught about our understanding of the Father, but also through the personal witness, the, the stories that you tell. Well, I grew up in a, a, a storytelling family, and uh, uh, my father was a great storyteller. He, he, he came out of an Irish storytelling family. So I have used uh, uh, stories from mostly from my own childhood or my youth on the ranch uh, as parables for uh, the particular topic that I want to introduce in each chapter. So uh, people find that uh, inviting and uh, uh, Jesus himself, you know, used parables, and uh, and uh, <laughs> that, that's a great teaching tool. It seems as though to be able to approach Jesus 
for many, that, I mean, that's accepting him absolutely as our, our personal Lord and Savior, as some would term it, and, and encountering him in that deep way. But as, as you so beautifully tried to guide us, I mean, his purpose in coming was to bring us to the Father, wasn't it? It certainly was. Um, and that's very clear in the Gospel of John. You know, it says that nobody has ever seen God, but uh, he who is closest to the Father's breast, he's next to the Father's breast, he is the one who has revealed him. That's in um, John chapter 1, verse 18, and that's the, uh, and you might say that rolls back the, the screen uh, for the whole life of Jesus, which is basically a revelation of the Father. Father George, there are those out there who would say, well, if you, he really is a father, he's, and he seems to be harsh. I'm trying to be real tender about how sure. I say this, mm-hmm. that sure. he is a, some a father who allows bad things to happen. What kind of father is that? What would you say to that soul? Well, I have a chapter in my book called When the Father Takes Away. And uh, so that's when we experience our own personal cross. But it is true, there is so much evil in the world. And of course, this is the main argument, or one of the main arguments, anyway, of atheists. They just don't believe. But as St. Augustine long ago pointed out, it says, if you point out evil, you have to also explain explain the good. If you if evil has to be explained, then but what about the good? The good has to be explained to where did that come from? Okay, and so Augustine, Augustine has a wonderful uh, whole book on on evil, which is just really wonderful, and um, it, it's liberating to to read that. But in uh, in in my book, I try to address I try to address that because we all experience that. First of all, there's <laughs> As you know, the uh, the whole world and all the evil in the world is immediately in our living room with TV, and we see a instantaneous uh, uh, suffering of earthquakes and uh, fires and um, tsunamis and things like that. And so we are just uh, tremendously impressed and oppressed by uh, all the evil in the world. And of course, if a journalist says, say, if it bleeds, it reads. And uh, so they, you know, they, they give us all the stories, especially of the evil in the world. Uh, but we have to, first of all, explain the good. And then we also uh, have to just present the cross, because uh, that's the only argument that I present to people who are suffering terribly and who don't understand what they're going through. Well, uh, uh, our Christian response to that is the cross of Jesus. And the cross of Jesus is also a sign, ultimately, of victory over evil, and especially of the heart of evil, which is sin. And uh, unless we address that, uh, (laughs) if you look at the world, the the worst evil in the world is not uh, bloodshed or anything. it's sin, it's hatred, it's bitterness, and that's that's where we need to bring the good news of Jesus Christ to can transform evil into into good, can transform it into something that is uh, a, a new life for all of us. 
Well, he's such a loving father that he, through the, the sacrifice of his son, has not left us alone in that he has sent us the Consoler, the great Paraclete, the Holy Spirit, which you, uh, I mean, you've written so beautifully about that in the past, too, and Holy Spirit, make your home in me. Mm-hmm. Um, it It's so uh, essential, isn't it, Father? I mean, with your background, it is incredibly steeped in the Holy Scriptures. You're one of the finest Catholic biblical scholars. But that we also have that relationship not just in the head, but in the heart with the Holy Spirit. Amen. That's right. And, uh, see, it's the Holy Spirit that, that brings that word, Abba, to, to life in our hearts and the experience, you know. It isn't enough just to say, I believe in God the Father Almighty and I believe in the Holy Spirit, um, but it, it's the gift of the Holy Spirit that brings it all to life in our hearts, in our as well as in our mind, and in our actions, in our in the way we live, and pouring out love to to other people as well. Um, that's uh, that, that's the gift of the Holy Spirit, and that's that's why uh, he has been for so often in the Western Church, at least the neglected person of the Holy Trinity, but I think we are beginning to discover uh, the tremendous riches that the Holy Spirit has to give us. You've been a part in so many years of the Catholic Charismatic Renewal that you've seen it in uh, those moments where it is also kind of, is the word stumble an inappropriate word? or No, you can say that sometimes, yes. That <clears throat> that uh, people <laughs> their humanness comes out and uh, <clears throat> and sometimes uh, uh, they, they have offended people you know by our humanness so that's that's uh, typical of any movement of course uh, but um, uh, there is a treasure uh, in the gifts of the Holy Spirit now I'm not certainly we're not saying that. Uh, the charismatic movement is the only way to uh, receive the Holy Spirit. Certainly not. Um, there are so many saints who <laughs> didn't belong to the uh, to a particular movement. Uh, but uh, of course, uh, those who are in the charismatic renewal have uh, they, they get so excited about their experience of the Holy Spirit that sometimes they overwhelm people, and uh, that, that's not a good thing. But uh, on the other hand. It's really important not to uh, not to neglect the challenge that uh, the charismatic movement presents to the whole church, because it really wants to highlight the role of the Holy Spirit in the life of everyone. As long as you're baptized, when you baptize, you receive the Holy Spirit. You receive all the gifts of the Holy Spirit. But what is important is that those gifts be activated; that they don't just rest dormant in you. But as Saint Paul says, seek the gifts. And why? So that to build up the church, to build up the church in, in praise, in an appreciation, a deep appreciation of the Word, in the gifts of healing, and so on, all the other gifts that the Lord wants to uh, enlighten and empower His, His church with. I thought it was so compelling, as you uh, articulated in the book, that through your experience in the Holy Spirit, it, it reminded me so much of Corinthians 13, where you could have all these, all the gifts, which are all beautiful, but if you don't have love, and your particular experience was a profound experience 
of love, wasn't it? It was, and that's the that's the heart of it all. The Holy Spirit is the love of God poured into our hearts, as St. Paul tells in, us in Romans 5.5, 5, um, that, uh, that, that the love of God is poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who's been given to us. And the, uh, the gifts of the Spirit are simply the expressions of love. It should be the expressions of love uh, that we pour out and we minister to other people uh, so that that love can also be awakened in their hearts. Help us, will you, Father, in our relationship with the Father, how can that person out there who is listening right now, it just seems so distant to me that he's just so far removed from where I'm at? Yes. Well, that's two things. Number one, uh, how is your own relationship with your Father? If it was painful, then you need to uh, to experience healing, and healing with uh, is essentially a matter of forgiveness, of praying for uh, forgiveness. That's the way that I eventually met my father in a more beautiful way, and it was unfortunately it was already after his death. But uh, that's one thing to pray that the Lord will bring you to the point where you can forgive, where you can understand, and uh, allow God to. Uh, transform evil into good, just as he did with Jesus on the cross by the resurrection. That's the first thing. And uh, the other thing is to uh, to pray for the gift of the Holy Spirit, because it's the Holy Spirit that enables us to say, Abba, Father, but to say it with a real deep meaning of the heart. So two things, um, healing through forgiveness, and then uh, asking, because it is a gift. It's obviously a gift. And it's a gift that goes beyond our normal human experience. And so does, so does forgiveness. Forgiveness is, is a challenge that, that leads us beyond um, what normally we might be able to do, humanly speaking. And that's what Jesus expects of us, but he doesn't expect us to do it alone. He's given us the Holy Spirit so that um, that can actually happen in our heart. And we can be freed from the... Uh, uh, the image of Pharaoh, that often is the image of our father, and we can cross the cross the Red Sea. We can we can go come into the the promised land of our own personal experience of heaven here on earth, because that's what the Holy Spirit is. It's He's the foretaste of heaven, and uh, if we uh, really ex- experience that liberation, that liberation from those chains of bitterness or unforgiveness or whatever. You will find the Father as the loving Father of Jesus, and uh, we'll be able to experience the very same love that the Father has for Jesus uh, in in our hearts, at least a little taste of it. (laughs) As you were speaking, it kind of triggered in in my heart anyway, Father George, that that gift of understanding that is is a gift, you know, the Holy Spirit awakens in us, that Mm -hmm. by practicing forgiveness— Jesus saying, you have to forgive. I mean, forgive, mm-hmm. even when you don't feel it, do it mm-hmm. as an act of the will. Because if you do, mm-hmm. then you can understand a Father that loves you no matter what. Yes, because He forgives. And you know, in the Lord's Prayer, it says, forgive us our sins, our trespasses, as we forgive those who have 
sin against us. So if we want to really experience the love and the forgiving mercy and the embrace, basically, of the Father, then we need to uh, learn how to forgive one another. The two things go together. You can't experience one without the other. Well, we have an enemy, someone, uh, an, an actual entity that wants to prevent us from entering into that embrace. Uh, yeah. How should we approach this? And are we in danger sometimes of giving him too much power? Oh, sure. Um, <laughs> the devil's uh, trump card is always unforgiveness, bitterness, uh, resentment. He's a great divider. Is the great one who promotes uh, division. And uh, so if you're experiencing any of that in your heart, then you're playing into uh, the, devil's, the devil's power. And, but you know, the devil, uh, we should not be afraid of the devil. The devil is afraid of us. And as long as we are in the Lord, as long as we are marked with the cross of Jesus Christ, we have a power. St. Hilary, in the middle of the 4th century already, uh, said that as a result of our baptism, we receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, and he said, demons are subject to our authority. Now, he's talking about the baptized. He's not talking about priests who are exorcists or anything like that. He's talking about the baptized. And he says, demons are subject to our authority. So, and, and of course, the great uh, ploy of a demon is fear. And if you, if you can create a fear of him, uh, then uh, you're, he's pulling you away from the Lord. But you have, with the cross of Jesus Christ, you have power over the evil one, and you can claim that power. But if you're in a state of unforgiveness or bitterness or that sort of thing, then you have to address that, too. It is very important for the Christian in particular to appreciate God as Father because there are religions in this world that have, I mean, sometimes we, we think we're the same in that regard as, say, Muslims or mm-hmm. uh, Jews or others who profess a monotheistic uh, type mm-hmm. of approach towards God. And yeah. ours is so very different, isn't it, our understanding? It is certainly different from the uh, from Islam, uh, from uh, the Muslim uh, Muslim faith. Now, I know uh, Muslims are wonderful, beautiful, wonderful people, uh, but um, they do they do hesitate. Not only hesitate, they refuse to call God as Father. So their image of, of God is. God the Creator. Now, He is the Merciful One. They, they uh, speak of Him as that, but um, they, of course, do not see this Father as having a Son in the name of Jesus, and uh, they would certainly not think of us as sons or daughters of, of God. Uh, now, our participation, of course, in uh, the life of God is uh, created a participation so uh, we, we're not claiming that we become God, but to, to know God as a loving, tender Abba, as a loving, tender Father who embraces nothing but love for us, uh, that's so liberating, that it's so freeing. 
And uh, yes, even our brothers, uh, uh, our brothers Jews, the Old Testament does speak of God as a father, but it is always the formal title father. And uh, uh, they very much hesitate because it's connected with seeing Jesus as the son of God. Now, there are other religions, of course, who don't even think of, of God. I don't know whether even religion, especially the New Age, where you become your own god, <laughs> and that, mm-hmm. that, and just uh, um, you become identified in a kind of a pantheistic way with the with the world. There's so many other religions, but there is a treasure, and so uh, it is so terribly wrong to say you know, all religions are the same. No, they're not. They're not. And the thing that separates Christians from other people in the world is calling God Father. Now, very often other people say God is our Father, but very often they mean it in a very generic kind of sense, but not in the sense of a deep personal experience of of, Abba Father. Um, So cling to that as your heritage. That is our heritage. Uh, Are you there? Yes, I am. Um, okay. No, absolutely. I think you're absolutely opening up a, and some incredible doors for us to walk through because we're talking with Father George Montague about his book, Living in the Father's Embrace, Experiencing the Love at the Heart of the Trinity. That entering into the Trinity, that's our dwelling place, isn't it? It certainly is. Now, you know, I think as I growing up as a child, uh, of course, I was taught about the Trinity uh, and I talk about this in the book, you know, as, I, as the, uh, there are various images. The Irish sisters love to uh, point to the shamrock, the three-leaf three, <laughs> three shamrock, as an image of the Trinity, but, you know, and they're three, but yet they're one. And then uh, I remember as in the second grade, I was in the uh, uh, little band, and I played the triangle, and they used the triangle also as an image of the Trinity, but... No, those are images from nature or uh, from manufacturing or whatever, but the, the, the Holy Spirit is, first of all, a person, and God is a person. And, uh, and he, we are brought into the, the same love that, that the Father has for the Son. You know, sometimes we say, as Catholics, sure, God is love, and I'm sure there are other people in other religions who would say that, yeah, God is love, okay. But it's kind of like a generic term, but in Christianity, our, the love that we have been given and that we're invited to experience and enter into is God's own interpersonal love uh, in the Holy Trinity. In other words, the infinite love that the Father has for Jesus, for His Son, and the love that Jesus has for the Father, we are, you might say, brought in between the Father and the Son in their mutual embrace, so that the Father is embracing us in the same embrace with which He is embracing His Son. Now, that's absolutely fantastic. I mean, when you look at the universe, and with the help of the Hubble telescope, it just makes our, our jaw drop. Now, the creator of all of this, we have been given the secret of the intimate life of this God who has created this magnificent universe. We have been given the secret of, of the Holy Trinity, the, the, 
the, the interpersonal love of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit uh, that is the author of all this magnificent thing. So when you look at the stars or when you look through the Hubble telescope at some of the incredible distances, you can say, yes, but my Father created those. My Father created those. Isn't that fantastic? <laughs> oh, praise the Lord. Amen. It's perfect. I love it. Well, Father, it, it, another wonderful thing about this particular book, Living in the Father's Embrace, because it's a Word Among Us press book, uh, there has the opportunity at the end of each chapter, because each chapter is so filled with things for us to ponder, you, you help us and guide us through the questions. I mean, just to kind of, yeah. you know, to kind of help us not only maybe uh, as individuals, but also for group discussion. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. Uh, that was my idea that this book isn't just something to be to, to be read right from cover to cover. But each cha- chapter, uh, and they're very short chapters, they're just short meditations. Um, but uh, my purpose was to help other people come into that same experience. And so that's why I end each little chapter with, first of all, a prayer where we ask that the grace of that particular chapter may be ours, and then a series of uh, usually about three questions that can be used either for your personal reflection or for uh, group sharing, too, which is, can be a very, very powerful way of experiencing uh, the love of the Father together. Well, Father George, I've mentioned the Holy Spirit make your home in me, which I thought was just phenomenal. But there's so many. I, I, I wish we could talk about Mary's life in the Spirit, and also the wonderful work you've done with the Catholic Commentary on Sacred Scripture. That the first and second Timothy editions were wonderful, but that first Corinthian study, I, I, it caused me to look at First Corinthians in a whole new way. So thank you so much for that. Praise God. Thank you. <laughs> I wish we had more time, but any final thoughts? Well, I just wish that whoever may be listening to this program uh, would, uh, first of all, think about your own relationship with your father. If it was beautiful, thank God for it. Uh, if it was painful, uh, open yourself to healing. And uh, if my book is a help to that, well, welcome to it. And I do ask that the Father bless all of you, everyone who is listening, with the grace of knowing Abba, Father. Amen. Father George Montague, thank you so much. You're welcome, and it's my pleasure. With Father George Montague, we've gone inside the pages of Living in the Father's Embrace, Experiencing the Love at the Heart of the Trinity. To learn more about this book or to obtain a copy, go to wau.org, the website for its publisher, The Word Among Us Press, or you can find it at any fine Catholic bookstore. To hear and or to download this discussion along with many others, go to discerninghearts.com. This has been a production of discerninghearts.com. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. Join us next time for Inside the Pages, insights from today's most compelling authors.